Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. All right, well, I figured I would try out a new um, saying hello to you today instead of my usual. I'd be like, hello, Sydney. No. Hello, Melissa. Yeah, definitely not going to do that every time, though. <laughs> All right. Good one for episode five, though. <laughs> I liked it. So how are you? <laughs> um, to be, you want the truth? I or... want the whole truth and nothing but the truth, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, life is just definitely happening. I've been super busy. And it feels like I haven't had a second to sit down in a while. So, but it's all really good stuff at the same time. It's, it is, it's just, it's different. I'm not, I'm actually very grateful for how busy I'm getting, especially at my business and working with my clients and everything. I'm really enjoying that. But it's, even when you have something good in your life, you still have to manage it. You know what I'm saying? There's still, no matter what you're doing, whether it's good or bad, there's still a level of stress involved and a level of being able to maintain and balance that. So like, I would rather this stress any day, you know, I'd rather have all like, how do I manage all these wonderful things that are happening? But it's like, seriously, how do I manage all these wonderful things that are happening? (laughs) So that's just kind of where I am. And it's like one thing, it's almost like 360 for me. It's like I had a lot of downtime the last few months. And now it's like I have zero downtime. So, and downtime is so important for me. Like I love downtime. So that's <laughs> the whole thing. But how yeah, about you and I are the same? You and I are the same on the downtime thing. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows I love my downtime. Yeah. So, you know, getting myself to actually do things, you know, is my level of stress because I'll be like, well, you know, maybe I'll do that tomorrow or, okay, well, I can do that tomorrow. Well, it's not really going to happen until Thursday and it's only Monday. So maybe I'll do that Wednesday evening. (laughs) Yeah, I do like to just kind of, you know, relax and that's just always been a part of who I am so I try to just kind of cultivate my life in a way that allows me to do that I'm not I never have been a huge go-getter and anytime I tried to be that huge go-getter I've always been so stressed out that it I can only you know do it for a very short period of time or just be somebody else I turn into somebody completely different Yep. You know, and that's the person that I finally look at and go, I don't even like you. Who are you? What are you doing? I turn into Miss Manager. You know what I mean? And I put on my name tag and it says Miss Manager, managing it all. And it's like, <laughs> and my voice changes and I get all weird. Yeah, you're very matter of fact. Because I've seen when yeah. you step into that, you're very much like, very matter of fact. And I'm like, what about emotions? And you're like, there are none. It is time to get it done. <laughs> That was like so long ago, but it's just funny to think about how we shift and change to when we get into certain roles, because when I get overwhelmed, I get 
I'm more towards frustration. So I get super frustrated. And then I'm like, kind of like you in managing ways, but I'm like, get away from me. I need my downtime. And I'm like, I'll just get frustrated. And then all of a sudden people are like, whoa, you're frustrated. So I'm going to leave you alone. And I'm like, yes. You know, because that's like, but that's a subconscious thing, you know, because then I do, then I get my downtime, you know? Yeah. But the whole thing is though, is like, why can't we just ask for downtime or tell people that's what we need is downtime instead of having to create ways to get it that aren't, you know, truthful or authentic because we're not, we're not taught that we're not taught that it's okay to do any of that. So it's like relearning all of that now. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yep, we are relearning. I feel like I'm relearning everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I was listening to Lori Ladd earlier, and she um, on Instagram, and she was talking about how it, you know, when we start to raise our vibration, once we start to, you know, change the way that a lot of us are changing now that we are going to start reacting in different ways like that and not actually have to have reasons for, you know, we're not coming from a place of the mind. We're coming from a place of um, our hearts. And, you know, if we don't want to do something, people will be like, well, why don't you want to do that? And you don't always have to have a reason. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a reason. You could just say, well, because I just, it doesn't feel right to me right now. It's like, oh, I, you know, I don't, I've decided I don't want to do what we, you know, we were going to do. Well, why? Because it doesn't feel right to me right now. And people are going to have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to be like, I need a reason. You need, you said you were going to do it and we need to figure this out. And, you know, if you're not going to do it, I need to know why. (laughs) It's like, well, sometimes I know that for myself. I don't know why. I just don't want to do it. There's no reason. It's not like, well, now, I, because I don't like you, or I don't like the activity, or I'm not interested. It's just because I just doesn't feel like something I want to do. And I always, you know, thinking before that, it's like, wow, that's kind of rude, like not having a reason, not giving somebody some explanation. And she's saying, no, this is just a new way of being that we are just going to start moving in towards, you know, it being okay to just because we don't want to. And everybody needs to be okay with that. I know. And that's so, such a new thing for me too, because all the time I wanted to do a lot of things that I said yes to that I didn't, you know what I'm saying? That I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm starting to say that, like, I just don't feel like it, or I don't want to, or those types of things. And it's so like, I feel anxious a lot of the time too, because most of the time I would be saying yes when I really wanted to say no. So it even is like really like to reorient yourself in that way. But ultimately, once I do make that true decision, I'm not just saying no because I'm being mean. I just really don't feel that way. You know, I just really, like you said, I don't, it doesn't feel right to me right now. And when I I feel in the moment we're doing that, but um, later on after I've chosen to do what I really want to do, I ultimately feel so much peace and like centeredness and groundedness in my own being. And that's what feels the best to me. And then I can make positive decisions in my relationships moving forward. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, because I chose myself and I didn't say yes when I wanted to say no, 
I got to take care of myself and do something that filled me up with the right type of energy that I was feeling that I needed at that moment. And now I'm even more of myself and I'm even more loving and calm and caring and peaceful. And I can bring that into my work and into my life and into my interactions. Whereas a lot of the time I used to say yes, when I wanted to say no, and then I would get super depleted and tired and exhausted. And then I was grumpy and no one wanted to be around me. So it kind of circles back to what we were even talking about at the beginning here. You know, it's like, we need to just start being authentic with how we feel about things because it will save so many. I feel like a lot of disagreements, a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting. And then also too, another thing that I realized, and I didn't realize how much this impacted me. If I'm hungry, I get really angry. And that's what I started noticing too. It's like, I also need to start taking the time to like nourish myself and really feel into that because a lot of times that I'm like saying something or like I'm even in like the car and feeling like road anger because I don't want to call it road rage. I'm not like that, but like I get upset because someone cuts me off or whatever. I've started to hear in my own brain. It's like, you're hungry. Just take a deep breath. And then I will. And then I eat something and then I'm like dancing again and like sing. And it's like, I need, that's also something that I feel like a lot of us aren't aware of because most of our societies go, go, go. We don't take a lot of time to care for ourselves. And when we are eating or doing those things, that's also another thing that's super fast or you're eating through work or your lunch break, you know, you're working through your lunch break or whatever it is. That's also, man, I feel like our society does not give us time, downtime in general. (laughs) No. No, definitely not. It's all geared towards, you know, how much we're getting done so that we can make money for whatever it is, you know, we're doing instead of really taking our time. Like you said, taking care of ourselves because eating is part of that as a whole, taking care of you, saying no when you mean no. You know, if you don't have a reason, just being okay with and not being so worried about what the other person's going to feel. They're going to feel whatever way they feel. You know, we can't be so, you know, worried about other people's opinions of us. That's what gets us into a lot of trouble, I think. So not taking care of ourselves, not saying no when we mean no, you know, not eating when we need to eat because we're expected to be here or there or have to get this done. You know, all these things have this cumulative effect of, like you said, then all of a sudden you're finding yourself in these certain ways, I feel angry, I feel stressed out, I'm anxious, I'm whatever. And you have to stop then and say, okay, what is the reason here that I feel like that? Why do I feel like this? What am I not doing for myself that I need to do mm-hmm. to bring myself back, you know, back to balance, back into a, a place of I'm okay. You know, that's thing. And we just, we don't, especially in the United States, we don't do that for ourselves enough right and that actually as you were saying that it made me think about something that I believe even the Dalai Lama talks about too which is there is two types of selfishness you know there's the selfish ego where it's power over others selfish and then there's the selfishness that is just what we're talking about tapping in connecting to ourselves and making appropriate choices for 
our well-being, you know, and that's a big difference because I had to start to uncover and realize that for my life of when I sometimes I felt like if I was saying no, I was being selfish. And that's not the case. You know, it's being selfish is that's the good type of selfish. If I really needed to say no because I needed to stay in and rest and nourish myself the way that I needed to, that's me doing the right type of selfish. You know, that's me loving myself. That's me tuning into my well being. That's me just showing up for myself. And when I do that, ultimately I can show up for others in my life way better. And when I started to ship more into that type of selfishness, where I was just tapping in, tuning in, asking myself what I wanted to do, what I needed, I've been able to actually create better relationships and I've been making better choices in my life. And I'm feeling like I actually like myself, you know, because I'm not constantly giving my power away or trying to manipulate a situation or trying to make someone do something for me. I'm doing it for myself. And that has really shifted this constant feeling that I always have underlying at this point in my life, which is this peace. I've created this inner peace that I can kind of go back to over and over. And it started when I started to practice the selfishness of my well-being, not of my ego desires. You know, how can I get this? How can I get more money? How can I blah, blah, blah? How can I manipulate this person to do what I want them to do for me? Because I, none of those things. It's just like you said, how do I feel right now? What does my body need? What does my mind need? What is my emotions? Like, how do I, how can I handle my emotions right now? Those are the questions that I'm asking myself. And it makes a huge difference in how my days go. It does. But you do have to drop in to yourself because that little voice does pop up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people have said to me um, in the last, you know, few years, even when I would bring up, you know, about being selfish and ask, you know, when did that word become like this dirty word? You know, it's like, but I feel like I'm being selfish. Well, I'm being selfish. And I'm just like, but why is that a bad thing? Who told you that it wasn't okay to take care of self? first you know and then I always go back to that whole airplane thing you're on an airplane it starts to go down you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help other people or you're no good to them Mm -hmm. you're just no good you know so it's not a bad thing to take care of yourself first it makes you strong so that you can help other people You know, if you just continue to deplete and deplete while you're helping others, you know, then finally you're just going to lay down dead in the ditch and they're going to be like, wait, what about me? Who's going to help me now? Well, it's not going to be you because you're in the ditch because you didn't pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't give yourself any time or anything at all, you know, so to be selfish is not a negative thing. Right. Me, it's a very positive thing. And like you say, as long as I, 
like the ego selfish where you're trying to get, you know, take from others for yourself and all of that. Sure. That kind of selfish, but that's usually not what people are, are talking about. They're just yeah. talking about just, you know, doing things for the, themselves and it's not supposed to be okay in our society to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And it's actually I freeing when you really do start doing that. And I advise everyone to do it, to start being selfish in their well-being. You know, how can I help myself here? How can I help myself feel better, nourish myself well, just move through these phases, say no when I need to say no, like feel what I need to feel. And that's where we need to start shifting in to make the outside better. You know, we have to make our inside better. And it starts with turning to yourself and facing yourself and saying, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? Because in serving yourself, you become of service to others. Yeah, you do. And especially, you know, a lot of the times you don't even have to be doing anything for anybody else. Just being someone who is, you know, healthy and vibrant and joyful and, you know, the person who is taking care of themselves, other people look at that and say, wow, you know, what can I do to be more joyful like they are? Um, and then you allow other people to help themselves. And you're kind of like, you know, this light sitting there just shining by being selfish, by, you know, taking care of who, you know, your own stuff, allowing everybody else to take care of their own stuff. And you're just showing them that, you know, the way to do it. And if they ask questions, hey, what, what have you been doing? Or, you know, I noticed that you, you seem pretty good. You know, you're, you're, you're very joyful and, and hopeful. And yeah, sure, you have stuff going on in your life, but you're not like, you know, the victim of anything. And how do I, how do I get there? You know, and then you could say, hey, this is what I do. It might work for you, you know, give it a try. Mm-hmm. You know, and just lead by example instead of, you know, running over and trying to um, put everybody on your back and carrying them, you know, at the detriment of yourself all the time, which a lot of people do. And you know what I realized, and it, it can seem like this is going to sound because I'm just like, well, some people may seem like they do want to be saved. But what I've really come to understand is on such a deep level, like in our beingness, I feel, I really believe that no one really wants to be saved because there creates this resentment, you know, anyways, because it's like, well, like when I started, how do I explain it? When I started to turn inward and to look at myself and become selfish in my well-being, it is so much fun saving myself. I don't want anyone to save me. I don't want someone to come in and tell me how to do things. I don't want anyone's unwarranted opinions about me, you know, because I am just loving the journey of getting to know myself and getting to save myself. And in making that choice to save myself, I've started, I've stopped making the choice to save other people. I have way more energy. I have more energy. I have more thought processes. I have more creativity. I have more inspiration. I 
you know, sometimes it's really hard because I see people that I love who are continuously doing the same thing over and over and making the same choices and who are stuck. There's a part of me that wants to just scoop them up and say, I got you, I'm saving you. But I understand that that will only get a person so far because you're saving them to your perspective. You're saving them to what you think is the right thing. It's not until someone truly wakes up to saving themselves that they really get out of the victimhood. Because also it's like that other part, it's like you perpetuate that victimness in people too, because it's like, well, you know, I, I, it's kind of like we talked about in previous podcasts, it becomes this negative attention. If you're trying to always save, then that keeps them in that same spot and it doesn't give a lot of people room. So that's what I mean by on a deep level, we all came here to figure it out. You know, we all came here to save ourselves, to be our own hero, and then in turn, rescue and hold space for each other by saving ourselves. That's what I really feel. And when I really do that type of selfishness and I drop into that space, and I save and I'm saving myself. It's just freeing. And like you said, people do pick up on it. People do notice and ask questions and want to know. And then I don't want to save them anymore. You know, I say, here's a manual, you read it and then you apply it to you. You don't have to do it exactly the way that I do it. But here's some guidelines because everyone does. We need to be supportive of each other, but we don't need to save each other. And that is like the most one of the most freeing things that I've really been experimenting with in my experience of no longer saving people and to save myself. And it's just it's changed so many things for me. So many things. And it's just brought a lot of peace. Yeah, it is peace. It's, it's much more peaceful. Um, I know I had a, a friend who um, I used to save. <laughs> just for years, I saved this person. Just always thinking, you know, and it's pretty arrogant to to think that you're the savior of someone too. You know what I mean? It's like, look at me saving your life again. You know what I mean? It's like, really, when you stop to think about it, it's like, whoa, really? Who do you think you are just saving and saving, you know, but this person would let me do it, you know, constantly. And, oh my God, it was like for 15 years, I saved him. And finally I was just like, whoa, what am I, what am I doing? What is this? Why do I feel the need to just save this person relentlessly saving them you know and you know that was their thing too they wanted somebody just to take care of them and but they weren't nothing was changing for them at all either you know and nothing was changing for me we were just stuck in this loop of saving and being saved and just the same stuff year after year oh my god and then finally when i i just stopped and i looked at it and i was like wait a minute this is not good for anybody and when i finally did stop it was hard it was hard for both of us you know because 
well, wait a minute, what do you mean? You're not going to give me everything that I ask for and, and save me because now I'm over here and I need help. And you're over there and you can help me and you always help me. So why are you saying no to me? And, you know, it just changed our whole relationship. But, you know, after that really tough decision that I made, this person started to go to college, got his master's degree. You know, I realized watching him, he could do things on his own. And I did not need to save him that I could start to look at myself. Of course, I wasn't looking at myself while I was helping him because he needed help. He needed help. And I need, I was the only one that could do it. I still remember telling people that, well, I'm the only one that he has. I'm the only one. So it was like, you know, really, you're the only one in the whole entire world that can help this person. And, you know, it's just like when you really look at it from that point of view of the arrogance of it and how I actually was really hurting him. I was harming him. Yeah. And myself thinking I was being this big, huge superhero, Mm -hmm. the savior of blah, blah, blah. And then when I just stopped you know, he did new things, bettered his his life, and I bettered my own life, Mm -hmm. you know, and so sometimes you really have to look at at these relationships that you have with people who you are saving, or if you're on the other side of the, you know, of the situation, if you are the one that's allowing somebody to always swoop in and save you, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and, um, as you were talking, I am very guilty of getting caught up in relationships where I'm saving someone. And I know um, some of our listeners may have listened to my uh, healing experience in our episode, our second episode of the podcast, where I shared a lot about my dad and wanting to save him and how that led me to create relationships with the masculine type of energy in my life in which I picked boys who tended to do that role with me, that I would be their savior. I would help them. I would, I would find the lost boy, you know, and then I would pick him up and bring him home and say, you know, this is where I, you live now and I'll take care of you and I I'll save you. And ultimately that got me to a place where my life was threatened literally because of that because of me choosing to save someone else over myself and man i tried everything possible i could do to save this person i tried changing myself i tried changing them i would cook clean do everything take them everywhere pick them up do like literally everything I could possibly do for this person. And the disrespect still continued. You know, this person continued to disrespect me. They didn't really change much. You know, they, it created more unsafety for me. It just created more of that same cycle and that same loop of me feeling not good enough, you know, not living up to a certain type of person that I needed to be because a lot of this came from choices and experiences that I had like 
growing up, you know, that's one thing I still want to connect it to. It's like a lot of these pieces and dynamics that we continue to act out with the savior mentality is everywhere around us. You know, it's in our childhood and it's in the movies that we watch and it's in the books that we read and those types of things. And so we, especially as women tend to really identify with the, the saving type of role, some like often, you know, and of the, the people pleaser and the, those types of like archetypes, you know, and ultimately though, cause I don't want to go too deep into this experience on this episode or anything, but ultimately my self-sacrificing and my need to want to save someone kind of like you said, ultimately just left us both in a bad place, you know, and it really resulted in my life being threatened. And that's so interesting, isn't it? It's like, I was spending my time trying to better this person, trying to save them how I thought they should be saved, how I thought they needed to be helped. And ultimately I was self-sacrificing and self-sabotaging and I wasn't taking care of myself. And in me literally saving this person, trying to save this person, they were completely okay with letting me drown. It was like, I saw them out there drowning, you know, they didn't have a life vest. So I jump off the boat. I'm swimming. I'm swimming. I get to them. I'm like, listen, I got you. I'm going to save you. They're freaking out because they're thinking they're drowning. They're standing on my head now, pushing me under the water to get out of the water. That's what happens a lot of the time, you know, and that's just a metaphor of what, when you jump in the water after someone, you know, sometimes they can't even see outside of their own stuff. So they're going to just use you as that stepping stone, as that person that they can kind of propel off of, you know? And so that was a huge learning experience for me and what it means to be selfish for my well-being, because I had to start making a lot of choices for myself and I had to start saving myself. And if I didn't save myself, my life could have been over. Yeah. Just for another person. Yeah. You know, and that is that, like you said, that's no reward. That's no trophy. That's not anything to be proud of. You know, I died so you could live. You're dead. Yeah. You know, exactly. like, and there's times where, you know, with all extreme cases, that's important. You know, mother, child, father, child, you know, saving something really like in those situations. But I'm talking day to day. If you're in a relationship with someone because you think that you are the only one that can save them and help them and that they need this and there's, you need to just take a step back and just look at yourself and ask yourself, what do I need here? What do I really need here? What does this person really need here? Because that game of the savior and the victim, it is very destructive, in my opinion. It is. And it's dangerous. (laughs) It's dangerous. And, you know, it it could all be, um, it's so easily and simply um, done if you, all you have to do at the very beginning of this, and you see this person floundering over there, instead of jumping into the water, why don't we look over to the left and see there's a life buoy sitting right there on the boat? And we throw it to them and we say, okay, now it's up to you. 
sink or swim. I've done my part. No harm to me. I'm throwing you this lifeline, but now I'm going to go over here because I have other stuff to do. And it's completely up to you now. You swim to that or you grab that or you do whatever it is that you need for you because I'm not you. I don't know what you need to do. And I'm here going, you can do it, but I am not drowning, mm -hmm. you know? And another thing I thought, you know, while you were saying that, it came to me was, you know, how we're both, we've both been on the savior, the savior end of these relationships. But I know that I've also been someone who's been on the other side of that, where, um, like with my dad, who he was always the one that was jumping in the water for me, you know, a lot of the times just saving me over and over and over again. And me just being la la la. Oh yeah, my dad will save me. Not even thinking about him. But did I just feel guilt for that? Maybe, you know, later on in life. And that's why I was trying to save other people, you know, guilt for what I was take, take, taking all the time. And then I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just give, give, give over here, you know, never really being in balance at all, either being one extreme or the other and never finding that, you know, middle ground with any of it. Mm -hmm. That just came to me. Yeah. And I, I agree. There's a lot of times in my life too, um, specifically with the relationship that I have with my mom she was always coming to save me, you know, and for so long too, when I, because she just came out to visit and we had such a nice visit and that's why this is kind of, I think, coming up. And um, it's so interesting because for like the last like six years that I've been out here living um, away from the family, I mean, I've been kind of gone for a little bit longer, but really like solidified and where I live now she would always be coming in town, helping me put something together, move something, setting up my studio, setting up my going and buying me these things and that, putting all my life together. And I would be falling apart in these relationships where I'm trying to help the guy, but then I'm like sacrificing my finances and my stuff. And here she comes in helping me, pays for the stuff and whatever. And we caught up, got caught up in this loop. And it was this such this codependent loop. And I don't really know exactly what shook me out of it because it started a few years ago maybe two years ago but I started to see how exhausted that made her how worried that made her how that set her back sometimes you know because she would have to go and get back to work and start doing stuff for other people and you know it just really started to make me aware of and for the longest time, I was like, well, she's my mom. So she kind of needs, has to do that. And then I started to realize, you know, why can't I do more of this stuff for myself? Because I walk around anxious and worried all the time, being dependent still on my mom, when I'm very capable of taking care of the things that I need to take care of for myself. And when I started to do those things, when I started to become aware of how to start being selfish with my well-being, I started to take a step back and I've started to create a more loving friendship with my mom now. So when she came out here for the first time, 
in six years, I mean, I used to watch movies with her when I was a kid, but we got to stay in, watch movies, eat Chinese food, laugh, and kind of just act like we were normal, like friends, and just get to chill and hang out. And that to me was so rewarding because no, she came out here and it wasn't, she had to save me or this or that. It just allowed us to both just be ourselves and it deepened and strengthened our relationship, which is ultimately all I've ever really wanted too, which is some, something that's interesting too, that I think takes place in this savior victim type of mentality is we're trying to make a connection here. We're trying to connect here. We're trying to express something. That's like the one thing that I realized in my last relationship that really was that victim savior mentality thing. And it kept being my pain's worse than your pain. My trauma's worse than your trauma. My childhood's worse than your. And really ultimately what both of us were saying to each other is I've been through a lot and I'm in a lot of pain and I'm really sad and I've had a hard man and I just need to be loved. But when you do the savior working out thing, then you're only those roles, you know, and you can't see each other and you can't make that intimate connection and you can't see each other from the heart space. It becomes, well, you save me and you do this. And then it's, it becomes something completely different than ultimately what we truly want to have. And that's what was so beautiful about just me the last time seeing my mom is being able to finally get with her what I've been wanting. And it took me taking care of my well-being. It took me making the right choices for myself, you know, and taking a step back and being mature for my own self. And it's, I'm sure it's difficult for her to see me and let me grow as it's going to be difficult. And we're talking children parent relationships, that's going to be the hardest to let people go, but it's in any relationship of that savior codependent type of thing. It's going to be hard, but it's so worth it to just let space happen and for, and let the other person create that sense of well-being. And it kind of brought up for me too is, and I feel that I can speak on this a little bit, is I know what it's like to take a step back from someone and do what you said, where, you know, you're on the boat, that person decided to jump off the boat into the ocean and they wanted to swim with the sharks and you throw out a buoy and you throw out a lifeline and you're like, Hey, it's there for you. And they never take it. And they ultimately go and they're gone. That, that could happen. But you know, ultimately that is also something that I've realized if they don't take that lifeline, that is not your responsibility to make them take that lifeline. Yeah. And there's nothing that you can do, say, or convince, or any of those things to do. And that even it's going to seem like it's cold to say this, but you don't do any more. You do, you throw out the lifeline. And if they don't take it, that's, that's not your fault. That's not your responsibility. From yeah. someone who had to step back, from someone they loved deeply. And he didn't make it. He didn't come through. But ultimately, that was his choice. You know? And that is 
completely okay to me at this point. That's okay because I'm making the choice to still care for myself. I'm still making the choice to take care of my well-being and to save myself. And in turn, I'm creating a very wonderful life for myself a very peaceful yeah. life for myself. And that truly is all that I will ever have control over. Yeah, that's huge. You know, it's, I think because that is the ultimate fear. That's the ultimate fear of people when they say, well, I can't step back. I have to continue to try to save this person because if I don't and they die, it will be on me. And that's when I say to them, no, it is not on you. It is not your responsibility. You can't take responsibility for every single other person on this planet who chooses not to be here, no matter who they are to you, no matter how close we are to them. We have to be able to be okay ourselves, no matter what happens to everybody else, because everybody's on their own journey here. Every single one of us is on our own journey. And if we decide that we are no longer wanting to be here and we do take our own lives, man, that's, it's a tough thing. And that's all, you know, a, a, it's a really deep, deep subject, but people have to realize that it's not their fault. It is not your fault if somebody else that you, you know, even if you didn't throw them that lifeline, if they decided to jump off the boat, you know, and you just weren't strong enough, you didn't see a lifeline, you didn't know where it was or how to even do it or anything. It's still not your fault, you know, but people get stuck in that. People really get caught up in that grief, in that place, you know, of no, it is my fault. And now I'm going to suffer for the rest of my life and feel this guilt and feel this pain because I don't deserve to go on because I could not save them. And the thing is, is that you can never save anybody that doesn't want to be saved. You can't, you know, you just can't. You saying that also because in, it's, it goes even beyond if just that, if someone is mentally just struggling with taking their own life or, you know, it, it also goes beyond those who are not even thinking of that and I thought of when a few years ago when my grandmother was sick and she was in the hospital and she was having like heart problems and different things and I have been studying Ayurveda and natural alternative wellness and she was in the hospital and I was visiting her and I asked her I said you know I, I have some ideas of how I could naturally support you with herbs or different types of nutrition or changing your diet. And I asked her if she would be willing to do any of those things. And she sat there for a second and she took a deep breath in and she took a deep breath out and she said, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do any of those things. And I looked at her and I, knowing full well what that was going to mean, you know, cause she was going to take her route. She was, she was telling me, this is the route I'm taking. I'm not going to have any natural supportive care. I'm not going to do those pieces. I'm not going to do any of that. I said, okay, I love you. 
and I'll support you as far as I can in your choice and on your journey. And that was that. And I stopped bringing it up to her. I stopped asking. I didn't force. I didn't say, you know, this could help and this and this. I just said, okay. What if you want to ever and you're curious, I'm here to answer any questions that you have. And she never did. She never came and asked and approached me except a little bit as she was getting um, sicker there. She did ask me for a treatment to rub her back. So that was good. And I appreciate I really loved that. But that's also another thing. It's and I, I had to watch her struggle and struggle with her health for three more years. Three more years of her just choosing to do the same thing, eat the same foods, the chemicals in her body that aren't supportive, do all those things. I could not save her. And ultimately, you know, it did take some bit of off her life, but that was her choice. And the one thing that I love about my grandmother is she knew it too, and she would be honest about it, but you know, not everyone can be, and that's okay. But really, ultimately, it comes down to, I love you. And I'm going to support you as much as I possibly can without it harming me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really the, you know, it's so hard, but it's the ultimate thing. It's the ultimate thing that we have to do for ourselves is to be okay while others are falling around us, to be okay with who we are and know that we are doing the best that we can and that we are trying to help you know, when we can, but it's not our responsibility and being okay with that, you know, being a person that we can look up to, you know, ourselves for how we're showing up for other people, but also knowing that we're showing up for ourselves first. Yes, we can show up for other people when we can and when we're healthy and when we we have these, you know, this extra that we can give, but only doing it when we are okay first. And just coming to terms with this is life. This is where we live. This is the way that the world is. And being okay in ourselves. You know, it's just such a big deal and it's so hard. I'm not saying that this is hard, that this is an easy thing to do. But I think you can ultimately come to that place though, you know, in your evolution that you are completely and 100% okay because you know who you are, you know what this place is, you know what we're doing here, you know, you know, the way the world works and then just being okay with everything that's going on. And, you know, I, I had this client and, and she, I got this message for her during a Reiki session about how it's okay for you to be okay when others around you are not okay, because she's struggling with, you know, she lost her mom and, you know, but still wanting to enjoy her life. You know, she's going on vacation and she's doing these things, but then she's feeling guilty because her mom just died and her dad needs help and all of these things. And it's just like, it's okay. It's okay to still feel joy when um, someone really close to you took their own life. It's okay to still be happy when somebody really close to you is so unhappy. 
you know, it's okay to continue to live when others around you are dying. And that's the message is that, you know, it is, it's, it's okay. And you don't have to feel guilty or bad about yourself because you are happy, even though somebody else did die or they are not happy. Yeah. And I think that is like a huge, huge point because I don't think any of us really give ourselves permission to even be okay. You know, as you were saying all that, that was such a great, beautiful point. And something that came to me too is so many times I used to pray and wish to be someone else. I used to ask that I please be this person or be that person or make me this famous person or make me sing as good as this person or make me like this. And no matter what, I would always wake up as me. Every day I would wake up and I'm still me. I'd be a little different because of my experiences that I had that day or the wisdom I gained or the good things that happened or the bad things I entered, whatever it is. It's good, bad, whatever, indifferent. But every day I would still be me. And every day that everyone who's listening to this wakes up, they are still them. And when, kind of like you asked at the beginning of this podcast, I kind of want to bring this back here to this, as I'm using this point too, is why and when did it become so wrong to be you, to take care of yourself, to be happy with the life that you were given? When did that become such a bad thing? Because as we're sitting here talking and I'm listening to all the great, wonderful points that we're making on this podcast about savior mentality and that victim thing and the the circular loop that you get caught up in. It's also like, why do we feel like it's all about other people? You know what I'm saying? As we were talking about this, it's like, well, then if I become good and I become in my well-being, then I can serve others. And ultimately, that is a huge goal is to be of service to the world when you are yourself, you know, to be in your well-being and then to be of service to others. However, our society tends to make it seem like it's not okay to even be yourself and that you need to wake up every day and go out there and take care of someone else. And if you're not taking care of someone else, you have no value. You're not valuable. And what I started waking up to every day that I woke up as myself is I must be important. And I'm not talking in an ego way. I'm not talking, I'm the most important person ever. So everyone should bow down to everything that I do as I walk through the world. No, I must be important because no matter how much I ask, beg, get down on my knees and ask that I'm someone else, I wake up as me. There's something happening here. So I started to ask myself, what's my purpose? Who am I? What do I like? What don't I like? What do I want to do? What do I need to do? How do I feel? And then my whole life started changing. And naturally, I became of service to others. 
Does that make any sense? It's just like this feeling and this download that I just created as we were talking here. And it's just so much like, whoa, I don't even know. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. And you know, um, on that note, I think we have to stop here because we can uh, just keep, you know, getting deeper and deeper into that. And I think we need to. I think we need to unpack that at some point too. But at this point, I think we have gone long enough and um, we will stop here and continue on. Um, well, maybe next time we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about something different. I know we came into it when we were, we're like, oh, we're going to talk about this today. But no, we, we always just start talking and then whatever happens, happens. And that's all right too. We have a whole list of things we want to talk about someday and we'll probably get to that. But you know, I like it when it's, when it's nice and spontaneous and organic too, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know. So thank you for this conversation. It was definitely, I think it's also very important for people to have, because as the world's shifting and changing, as I always say on every podcast and the energy's moving and transforming, and we're all becoming more aware. One of the biggest things that we're becoming aware of is this victim savior mentality, because it's in everything and everywhere. And it's just the one thing that we wake up to. And once you do, you're on to the next thing to become more aware of. And But this is where you start. I don't want to be a victim anymore. And I don't want to be a savior. I'm my own hero. I'm who I've been waiting for. And I'm showing up. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, Sydney, for uh, showing up here. Yeah. Thank you. And then we could do it at the end. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you have to move your fingers like that. Don't you do it because otherwise it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. I'm going to let you take the lead on that one. For the fingers. The jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> All right, Sid. Well, we're going to stop here and um, we will uh, meet again next week. Sound good? Yep. Talk to you then. All right. And bye. After that. <laughs> or that, whatever. <laughs> Interested in hearing more musings from me? Head on over to thespiritualtools.com and get on my email list. Want to work closer with Sydney? Sign up for a free consultation at innerelementwellness.com. And thanks for joining us today, and we will see you next time. <laughs>